In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day. It's Father Tom and Anthony today. I'm going back to the 8th chapter of Luke, verse 36. Those who had seen it, the man that was possessed, was cured, told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them. These people are different than the ones that follow Jesus. They want Jesus to leave them. Why? They've got their own demons, and they're comfortable with their own demons. Maybe you're comfortable with your own demons. You're a stealer. You know, you don't steal big things, but you go into the store and you take things that don't belong to you. That's wrong. That's sinful. We have no ability to do a thing like that. It doesn't belong to us. For they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had been ex. ex had gone, begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. And as he proclaimed this throughout the city, you know what's going to happen. More people are going to be following Jesus more people are going to be following Jesus. We're looking at verse 40. And when Jesus returned to the Jewish side of the Lake of Galilee, the crowd welcomed him, and they were all waiting for him. Just then there came a man named Jairus, a leader of the synagogue. He fell at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had one daughter only, about 12 years old, who was dying. Again, Dr. Jesus. But we have Dr. Jesus, too. Jesus is not only for the Bible. We have Dr. Jesus, too. Call yesterday or the day before to pray for a man with the virus. And they called me because 20 years ago, he was brought to me at Holy Rosary and I prayed with him. He had cancer of the bowel and the lung, and God healed him. I find out 20 years later that he's now got the virus, and they ask for prayers. So we pray for him right now that that virus would be broken in the name of Jesus by the power of the blood now in Jesus' name. But you see, we have Dr. Jesus now. We have Dr. Jesus now. We don't have to just look at the Bible. You say, Father Tom, you're a priest. I prayed with people way before I was a priest. Thank God. Thank God I prayed with people before I was a priest. You know what they used to do in the seminary? When somebody came to them that they couldn't handle, the people that were at the switchboard 
would call me, and I would go pray with them. That's real. That's real. Because I knew that Jesus wanted to do something. Let's continue. As he went, the crowds pressed in on him. Why? They all want to touch Jesus. Now, there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. And though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. She came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his clothes, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Then Jesus asked, Who touched me? Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowd surrounding you and press in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me. Someone touched her with faith. Someone touched Jesus with faith. We spoke about that yesterday, that we want the faith of Jesus. I've been praying for that, that God would give me the faith of Jesus so that I would be able to experience all that he wants me to experience. I tell you, it's time for us to have faith, and faith brings us to so giving our lives to Jesus, giving our lives to Jesus, giving our lives to Jesus. Giving our life and every part of our lives to Jesus. And then once we do, and Jesus does a great work in our lives, like he told the man, return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. And he went away proclaiming throughout the whole city how much Jesus had done for him. Now maybe Jesus hadn't cast out a legion of demons out of you like he did to this man. That's okay. But we are called to have faith in Jesus, let him heal us, and then proclaim his goodness. You know, you are sent to live for the glory of God, to proclaim all the good things God has done in your life. You know, and as we proclaim Jesus and our testimony of what he's done for us, for those who have more is given, we become, we become able and receptive to receive more and more of Jesus' graces, more and more of his goodness, more and more of his love. Jesus needs to be proclaimed. People need to know about Jesus. This demoniac was freed and he was walking in freedom. Not everyone gets to walk in freedom. Well, they can, it's their choice, but you are walking in freedom. Jesus not only desires, but expects you to proclaim his name. If you don't tell many people in your life about Jesus, they may never hear it. People's eternity Jesus is trying to use you to give them eternity. How we need to witness the truth, because there's so many lies going around. Oprah says you can get to God not only through Jesus, but other ways too. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Oh, yes, and people are believing this. They say, well, it's not fair. It has nothing to do with fair. It has to do with grace. How much we need the grace of God. 
people don't believe in Jesus because he's not proclaimed. We're going to hear about the multiplication of fish and loaves in a couple of minutes. And uh, people say, well, they shared their lunch. Yeah, there were 5,000 men, not counting the women and children. They had no lunch to spare. I tell you, people have demythologized Jesus, telling them that, well, he was only a human being. He's God in the flesh. And as we worshiped him today in front of the Blessed Sacrament, I said to him, the same God that's in heaven is the same God that we worship as Eucharist. It's the same God. Same God by grace. Let's continue. When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, and she declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Other people touched him too, but they didn't touch him in faith. They just wanted to grab onto him. I tell you, we need to touch him in faith, with the faith of Jesus. We need to touch Jesus in faith and know that it's in faith. We're going to continue. While he was still speaking, someone came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher any longer. When Jesus heard this, he replied, Do not fear, only believe and you will be saved. She will be saved. When he came to the house, he did not allow anyone to enter with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. They were all weeping and wailing for her. Why? Because she was dead. But Jesus said, Do not weep, for she's not dead, but sleeping. And they started laughing at him knowing that she was dead. They didn't have very much uh, degree of mourning. First they're mourning and calling out. Now they're laughing because they said, Jesus said she's not dead. But he took her by the hand and called on the child to get up. Her spirit returned, and she got up at once. Then he directed them to give her something to eat. Her parents were astounded but he ordered them to tell no one what had happened. And I tell you, they told everyone. Let me tell you the story about the the man who came to me with his daughter who had uh, anorexia. Now, you're not going to convince an anorexic that she needs to eat. So I just talked with her a little about the weather and about other things. And I said, I'm not going to try to have you eat. But you know what we're going to do? You're going to open the Bible and see what Jesus says to you. And you know what she opened? To this very passage, give her something to eat. She said, did God do that? I said, it wasn't me. You opened the Bible. I said, what would you like to eat? She said, a vanilla frap. I said to her father, go and buy her a vanilla frap. You see, God steps in when we don't know what to do. 
I'm really upset about people who think they know what to do because they don't know what to do. It's the unction of the Spirit that gives us the power to know what to do. I could have been arguing with that girl forever and nothing would have happened to her. But you see, the Lord told me not to argue. She had made up her mind, have her open the Bible, give her something to eat, and she got something to eat. This is a miracle. This is God doing these things. This is the Lord himself. Yeah, just like he told the woman with blood, your faith has healed you. You know, faith. Faith is the reason we're here. Faith is the ability to heal you. And faith is an act of will sometimes. We have God, like I said yesterday, we already have Jesus' face. We have his face, God's face deposited in our spirit when we become born again. And we activate it by operating in the spirit, not in the flesh. But even upon the flesh, having faith is an act of will. Not believing or believing, we can do that by an act of will. You know, we want to be rooted and grounded in God's love and the faith of God. We want to be like a tree, you know, so the face and the storm doesn't blow us. When the when wind blows, trees don't move around. You know, they, they stay grounded in God. And we stay rooted and grounded in the love and the faith of God. You know, also, it said, when the woman knew that she could not hide from Jesus when he was asking, who touched me? Oftentimes, when I'm out preaching or evangelizing with the speaker, people walking by, and I tell them, you can't hide from God. He loves you. And they might ignore or act like they couldn't hear, which they can, because speaker Father Tong got me so loud, you can probably hear it across a football stadium, and they're about 10 feet away. But it's so true. We can't hide from God. We can't hide anything from God. But that's good news, because Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save it. You know, Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation in Christ. You know, any condemnation we feel is not of God, so that we, now that we can't hide from God or ever escape his love or any problems we have, we might be trying to avoid him, but we, God knows we have those problems and it's good because he just wants his light to tunnel into it and drive out that darkness to fill us up with the love. You know, signs and wonders happen. So for, for that person and for unbelievers and for believers, for everyone, but it's so the goodness of God can be proclaimed. You know, Jesus walked around preaching the gospel of, of the kingdom of God. And what is that? Within the kingdom of God, there is healing. There is love. There is redemption. There is everything that's ever been good put on this earth in the kingdom of God. Anything in your life you've ever experienced, which has been loving or good or made you feel great, is from the kingdom of God. You know, there's no lack in the kingdom of God. There's no shortage. You know, even within this world, God already, before he made, he only made Adam and Eve, but he already knew and it already had on this earth every ounce of oxygen that every human would ever need. From now, from two humans till seven bill, 
billion humans to more. You know, God has already provided us with everything we need externally and within ourselves. You have boldness within you from God. You have love. You have healing. You have redemption. You have everything you'll need in Christ, and it's already been deposited within your spirit. You want to pray to God, let me live in the spirit, not in the flesh, and you'll walk in such freedom. I declared over your life freedom today because God intended you in this where the spirit of God is there is freedom. And, you know, that's what the that's what the ultimate with God is. That's one of the reasons when we enter from death to life, when you have entered from death to life into the kingdom of God. You can have freedom, freedom from sin, freedom from worry, freedom from even sickness. You know, God is so much greater than any of our problems. So the Lord just wants me to keep praying that he just releases his light, his revelation light, because in his light comes all knowledge. And the love of God, Father, just release it, because for those who love you, know you, the way we know God is to experience his love, not not by hearing about it, but experientially. Like Father Tom says, the hot fudge Sunday knowledge of the love of God. If the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. I tell you, we have so many Christians that aren't free, and they are Christians. They've accepted the Lord, but they haven't stepped out is a stepping out in faith to do the things of God. When I was at Holy Rosary, Barbara started praying with the sick. She prayed with someone who had cancer, and the person was healed. So I said to the people, you see, you don't need Father Tom to keep on praying. You can do it yourself. You can do it yourself. If the sun sets you free, you're free indeed. And how we need that freedom freedom to love yes freedom to love it is so important that we learn how to love on this earth to care for people to care for people how important it is that we learn how to love i've told you there was a man who had a vision and he saw jesus with the people coming in uh, to heaven and the lord said to each one did you learn how to love on earth? Did you learn how to love? This is what it's all about, learning how to love. Jesus loved that little child. Jesus loved those parents. He wouldn't let the town folk into the room because they had no faith. They're laughing. They're laughing when he said she is sleeping. He only let the mother and father and Peter, James, and John into the room. And I'm going to tell you, that room was filled with the presence of God. Not only did the little girl get up and walk, but Jesus says, give her something to eat. That room was filled with the glory of God. We need that experience of the glory of God. I need more of it. I need more of it so that I can do greater things in the name of Jesus. Not that I do them, but that he does them through us. This is what it's all about. Let's read about the disciples. Then Jesus called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over demons 
and to cure diseases. Do you know that Jesus gives you authority to cure diseases and to cast out demons? Do you know that? You know, well, we're not apostles. I'm telling you, the only ones Jesus has on the earth are the people who believe in him and who receive from him the power and authority to do the things of God. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, no bag, no bread, no money, not even an extra tunic. And whatever house you enter, stay there and do not leave there. Wherever they do not welcome you, leave the town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. I remember being on the radio in St. Louis and this man called me up and he said, we're going to take you off the radio. I'm looking for names. I said, names? I don't have a name. It's all about Jesus. He said to me, well, we're looking for names. I said, sir, you're planting stones, and stones don't grow. I said, do you want to know something? Just the other night, I received a call from someone who was suicidal from St. Louis, and I prayed with him. I said, these are the little people that listen to me, and you're going to deny them. He said, well, I'm sorry. I said, well, I forgive you, but I'm going to do what Jesus told me to do. I'm going to shake the dust off my feet. <laughs> because you are renouncing what God wants to do in St. Louis through some little priest that I am. Oh, yes, shake the dust off your feet when they don't receive you. That's what Jesus told us to do. And you know what? It works. I received the next day from St. Louis a half-an-hour program to continue to preach the Word of God. The Lord did not skip a beat. That poor man was planting stones, and stones don't grow. It's upon knowing how small we are that we understand how great God is, and He lets Himself be magnified through us. You know, we have power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases but it happened through faith you know and even in today's world with the virus everything faith isn't denying there's nothing bad you know the virus is real but faith is just saying that that's not all there is to it that jesus is greater than anything of this world you know and what did he tell the apostles Jesus told the apostles to take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money. Do not have two tunics. Why did he tell them this? It's because Jesus wanted the apostles to rely on divine providence, to have faith, for them to have faith that they knew that everything was already planned out for them. Every good deed they would do was already written in a book in heaven before they were created, that God would supply everything they needed, that they needed not to lean on their own 
will, but they only had to have faith that God would provide, and he will provide. And like Father said, we need the love of God. In the end, there'll be faith, hope, and love, but love will be what we're measured on. But you know, it starts with faith. And once we have faith, it takes us to a place of hope that anything can happen. And upon this hope and understanding, we become filled with the love of God. And we start to transcend first ourselves and the nature of this world. And God is calling you to do mighty, mighty works for him. You know, when we're around people in houses who welcome us, we are not to depart. We're to grace those people with the love of God. You start first with your family, your inner circle, the people God puts in your life. And when you're faithful with little, God will give you much. I'm sure Father Tom began being faithful, talking and preaching, praying with the people he loved until God gave him much. Now people call him from Europe, all over the country, and he's faithful every day to just do what God calls him to do. There's no striving. You know, we sit in prayer, and then Father will get a call, and he lets Jesus do the work. So, Father, while these people are tuned in for the last minute, why don't you pray for them? Father, in the name of Jesus, pour out your Spirit upon your people. Cause them to be bold. Cause them to know experientially that they have authority and power. Cause them to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Cause them to know that the power of the Holy Spirit is all-powerful. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in us the fire of your love Send forth your spirit, and we shall be created, and you will renew the face of the earth. The Holy Spirit renews the face of the earth, but he works through human vessels. Now, these vessels might all be broken, but he puts them together again. Oh, yes, he puts them together. That's what healing is all about. So, Lord, heal your people in the name of Jesus. Bless your people in the name of Jesus. Encourage your people, especially those that are sad, from the encouragement of Jesus. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.